Shalom, this is Rabbi Ben Newman. I'll be reading today for days 691 and 692 of my daily Zohar reading, uh, which corresponds to pages to part two of the Zohar, pages 134a and b. I'll only be reading in English today uh, for t- reasons of uh, time constraints. Uh, this corresponds to page 240 of the Pritzker edition Zohar, volume 5, translated by Professor Daniel Matt. We're in the middle of a discussion of the Shema and the Kabbalistic significance of the Shema. I'm reading today, it's about, starting today about two sentences before the end of 133b, where I left off uh, on day 690. Once he unites above in six aspects, she too unites below in six other aspects, so that there will be oneness above and oneness below, as is said. Yudhevavhe will be one, and his name will be one. Zechariah 14.9 One above in six aspects. As is written, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, Yudhevavhe, our God, Yudhevavhe is one. Deuteronomy 6.4, six words corresponding to six aspects, one below in six aspects, Baruch Shem Kavod Machuto Leolam Va'ed, blessed be the name of his glorious kingdom forever and ever, six other aspects in six words, Yudhevavhe one, above, and his name one, below. Footnote 143. The six words of the opening line of the Shema symbolize the unification of Tiferet with the five Sfirot surrounding him, Chesed through Yesod. The six words of the following line symbolize the unification of Shekhinah, or Malchut, with her angelic retinue, which corresponds to Tiferet's Sfirotic retinue. The Divine Bride and Groom must each be complete and unified before they can join as one. Tiferet is often identified with yod Vavhe while Shekhinah is designated as God's name, making him known in the world. Thus, the verse in Zechariah alludes to the both of them. The full verse reads, Yudhevavhe will be king over all the earth. On that day, Yudhevavhe will be one and his name one. The second line of the Shema alludes doubly to Shekhinah as both name and kingdom. On the first two lines of the Shema, see above note 139. Back to the text. Now you might say, look, Echad 1 is written above, whereas below 1 is not written. Well, Va'ed and Ever is Echad 1 in an interchange of letters. Letters of the male do not interchange, whereas letters of the female do. And in this this, the male is more praiseworthy than the female. To prevent the evil eye from dominating, we interchange letters not saying Echad 1 openly. And in the time to come, when that evil eye will be eliminated and no longer prevail over her, she will be called one openly. For now, when that other side clings to her, she is not one, though we unify her in a whisper. In the mystery of other letters, saying Va'ed and Ever, However, in the time to come, when that side will separate from her and be eliminated from the world, she will surely be called Echad 1, for she will have no other clinging association. As is said, on that day Yudhevavhe will be one and his name one, openly, explicitly, not by whispering, not in secret. 
Footnote 144, if the first two lines of the Shema both indicate unification, why doesn't the second line conclude with the word Echad, one, like the first? Rabbi Shimon explains that the final word of the second line, Va'ed and Ever, is actually encoded For, is actually an encoded form of Echad 1. The initial letter of each word, Aleph and Vav, is a consonantal vowel, that is, a consonant that can indicate a vowel sound, and thus, according to Rabbi Shimon, interchangeable with the other. The second letter of each word, Chet, an ayin, is a guttural letter, and thus interchangeable. The third letter of each word, Dalet, is identical. Hence, va'ed and ever is simply a cipher of echad one. The word echad, along with the entire first line of the Shema, pertains to Tiferet, who is male, and in this word, these letters are not interchanged. The word va'ed, along with the entire second line, pertains to Shechina, who is female, and these letters are interchanged. The constancy and stability of the male and his letters is more praiseworthy than the inconstancy and fluctuation of the female and hers. Here, in the unification of Shechina, the coded form va'ed replaces echad in order to fool the evil eye and thwart demonic inter- interference because of her v- vulnerability to the other side. Shrina is not yet fully and openly one, but in the messianic age, when evil will be eliminated, she will be called one explicitly, no longer in a whisper or cipher, as demonstrated by the verse in Zechariah. Back to the text. Therefore we unify her, drawing her away from the other side like someone calling another to testify on his behalf, for she is our witness, whereas the other side is not. Consequently, she separates from that side. Once she comes, we escort her to the canopy to be one with the supernal king, with full aspiration and heartfelt intention, so she is one. When she comes with her maidens seeking to separate from the other side, she comes only as one invited to gaze upon the glory of the king and nothing more. And thus it is proclaimed that they should prepare themselves to behold the glory of the king. Then the other side, who has no wish to look, separates from her. As is said, O daughters of Zion, go out and gaze upon King Solomon. Song of Songs 3.11, go out to see. Once she comes, all her attendants bring her to the canopy to be with the king in a whisper in secret. For were it not so, that other side would not separate from her and would mingle in her joy. And in that time, and in the time to come, when the, that other side will separate from her, on that day Yudhevavhe will be one and his name one. As soon as she enters the canopy and is with the king, we arouse the joy of right and left, as is said. You shall love Yudhevavhe, your God. Deuteronomy 6 5. It shall be if you. Indeed, heed my commandments, Deuteronomy 11.13, without the slightest fear, since the other side will not approach there and and is powerless. Whenever one wishes to bring the bride to the king for the joy of conjugal union, it must be in a whisper in secret, so that no trace of the evil side may appear in her footsteps or cling to her, nor the slightest hint of a blemish appear in her children. Similarly, Jacob said to his sons, Heaven forbid, perhaps... A blemish has occurred in my bed. Then they replied, just as there is only one in your heart, so there is only one in our heart. We have no 
attachment to the other side at all, for it was removed from your bed. We abide in a sing in single rea in unity, not deriving from the other side at all, neither in desire nor in thought. Rather, we abide in unity in our desire and thought. Once he knew that the other side did not cling there at all, the wife came before her husband in a whisper. In secret unification of six aspects, he opened, Baruch Shem Kavod Malchuto Le'olam Va'ed, blessed be the name of his glorious kingdom forever and ever. For she was in the mystery of one with her maidens, with no intermingling at all, nor any association with the other side. Come and see. At that moment, Jacob and his sons bore a supernal image below, together with Shekhinah, Jacob assumed the mystery of six aspects of the upper world in one mystery, while his sons were in the image of six aspects of the lower world. He wished to reveal to them that Kate's end, as we have established, for there is Kate's, and then there is Kate's. There is Kate's Hayamin, end of the right, Daniel 12.13, and Kate's Hayamim, End of days, Kate's Hayamin, end of the right, is mystery of the kingdom of heaven. Kate's Hayamim, end of days, is the wicked kingdom, mystery of the other side, called Kate's Kol Basar, end of all flesh. Genesis 6.13, as we established, as we have established, I'm now on page 134b. Once he saw that Shekhinah had withdrawn from him, they said, Just as there is only one in your heart, since you bear the mystery of the upper world, which is one, so too with us, for we bear the mystery of the lower world, which is one. Therefore two hearts are mentioned, mystery of the upper world, heart of Jacob, and mystery of the lower world, heart of his sons. Then he brought her in with a whisper. Just as they were unified, mystery of the upper world, in one, and mystery of the lower world in one, so too must we unify the upper world in one and the lower world in the mystery of one, this in six aspects and that in six aspects. Accordingly, six words here in the mystery of six aspects and six words there in the mystery of six aspects. Yudevave is one and his name one. Happy is the heritage and share of one who sets his aspiration upon this in this world and in the world that is coming Footnote 152, just as Jacob and his sons stimulated the unification of Tiferet and the unification of Shekhinah, so must Israel unify each of these two realms by citing the six words of the first line of the Shema and the six words of Baruch Shem, blessed be the name. Thereby the verse in Zechariah is fulfilled, Yudhei Tiferet is one, and his name Shekhinah is one. See above, note 143. Back to the text, Rav Hamnuna Sava has spoken of the arousal of unification, and this is fine. We have established the mystery of the lucid of lucid. Sorry, we have established the mystery of lucidity of the matter, and these words are destined to be aroused before the ancient of days without any shame at all. He opened, saying, "Have them take me an offering." Exodus twenty-five two. Here is unification in one entirety, above and below. It is not written, "Have them take an offering," but rather, "Have them take me an offering," above and below, in one entirety, totally inseparable. From every man whose heart impels him, you shall take my offering. Exodus twenty-five two. This verse should read. 
as follows. Every man whose heart impels him shall take my offering. Why from every man? Why from every man? Well, there is a mystery here for those master fathomers. Happy are the righteous who know how to focus the aspiration of their hearts on the Holy King, and whose heart's intention is not at all directed to this world and its vain desires. Rather, they know and strive to direct their will and cleave above, drawing the will of their Lord to them from above to below. Where do they obtain the will of their Lord, drawing it to them? From a certain supernal holy place, whence issues all holy desires. And who is that? Kol Ish, every man, righteous one called Kol, as is said, the abundance of earth is bakol in all. Ecclesiastes 5.8 Therefore, kol pikudei kol, by all your inclusive precepts, I walked straight. Psalm 119.128 Man, as is said, a righteous man. Genesis 6.9 This is kol ish, every man, master of the house, whose desire is constantly for matronita, like a man who loves his wife. Incessantly his heart impels him, he loves her, and his heart, his matronita, is impelled to cleave to him. Yet although their love for one another is in so intense that they never separate from that kol ish, every man, master of the house, husband of matronita, from him you shall take my offering. According to the way of the world, if someone wants to take a man's wife from him, the man becomes angry and will not let go of her. That's it for today's and uh, tomorrow's reading. Um, take care.